Welcome to the How To Dressage podcast and in this episode we're going to look at how is dressage a sport? Now dressage riders often hear the accusation that dressage is not a sport. And indeed, at this year's Olympics, one UK politician caused great offence by claiming that dressage was just for rich people and should not be included in the Olympic Games at all. So in this podcast episode, we're going to address those naysayers and prove that dressage is a sport that deserves its place in the Olympics. So let's begin by first talking about dressage origins. Now, dressage was originally used to teach cavalry horses to become more manoeuvrable on the battlefield. And the word dressage literally translates from the French meaning of training. So in essence, modern dressage is all about training the horse to perform certain movements in harmony with the rider in a predetermined sequence. Now, these days, dressage is extremely popular, largely because anyone with a sound horse can get involved. Now, success depends on your ability as a rider and the quality and correctness of your horse's training, not how much you paid for your horse. Now, in fact, many ex-race horses are adopted directly from training yards and go on to be excellent dressage horses, enjoying much success in competitions. Now, dressage was not always included in the Olympics. It only appeared in the programme in the Stockholm Games of 1912. Now, the FEI, the governing body that oversees the sport, describes dressage as the highest expression of horse training, where horse and rider are expected to perform from memory a series of predetermined movements. And then the dictionary definition of sport is an activity involving physical exertion and skill in which an individual or team compete against others for entertainment. Now in dressage competitions, individuals and teams definitely compete against each other and they test their skill and provide entertainment for themselves and for spectators. So does that mean dressage can be defined as a sport? Let's discuss it in a bit more detail, looking at the rider and the horse individually. Now let's begin by forgetting the horse for a moment and focusing solely on the rider, or the athlete, as various governing bodies of dressage now refer to the jockey. So the first thing we need to talk about is physical exertion. Now the whole point of dressage is that it looks effortless and harmonious to the onlooker. So the horse appears to be carrying out the movements seemingly without the rider doing anything apart from sitting completely still. However, as any dressage rider will tell you, that is not the case at all. Riding well demands that the athlete is physically fit and has good core strength, because without that you cannot remain in perfect balance with the horse's movement. Now if the rider is not in perfect balance then it's impossible to give the horse subtle invisible aids. Now you also have to be very supple so that you can absorb the movement of the horse underneath you. In fact, most riders will agree that a 45-minute schooling session, much of it in sitting trot, is just as strenuous as a long bike ride or a gym session. 
Now, if you have never ridden a horse before, pop down to your local riding school for a lesson. We guarantee that you'll be feeling it the next day. People who have never rode a horse before think that it's easy and that there is no physical exertion. But that's purely because the whole point of dressage is to make it look easy and effortless. So now let's move on to the second point, which is skill. How much skill is involved in dressage? Well, to the uninitiated, it can appear that the horse is doing all the work and the rider is merely a passenger. However, consider the following. An average size horse weighs over 1,200 pounds and he has a mind of his own. The horse can't perform the exercises demanded of it without fitness and training. And the horse will not perform those exercises unless he wants to or he enjoys doing so. And the horse can't perform any of the work asked for it without the guidance and the communication of the rider. Now in short, the rider needs to have the skill, balance, suppleness and coordination to persuade his or her horse to perform the required movements. And they need to do all that while appearing not to be trying. Now, if that's not a skill, I don't know what is. So technically, does that mean that the rider is really an athlete? Well, as we've talked about, it takes great skill and physical strength to ride a horse correctly. The rider's legs are there to create forward and sideways movement, as well as collect and balance the horse in coordination with the rider's weight and the aids given by the reins. Now dressage riding takes stamina too, because if you suddenly stop doing anything at all and simply sit as a passenger, the horse will pretty soon stop going forward. Now if you compare dressage with riding a bike or with artistic swimming, all of those activities require a degree of skill, fitness, training and stamina. And although it may look easy, it takes a lot of physical exertion to ride even an 8 minute dressage test. Now this leads us into the next rebuttal that we've often heard, which is dressage is only for the rich. Now it is true to say that owning a horse of any sort is a pretty expensive hobby. Now even the upkeep of a happy hacker or a family pet incurs a cost. However, many dressage riders keep their horses happily and successfully on a shoestring budget. Now the cost of keeping a horse varies wildly and it depends on where you keep your horse and the facilities that you require. Now obviously a top flight livery yard with a large indoor arena, outdoor arenas, a horse walker, grooms to care for the horses, individually fenced paddocks, on-site training etc will be very expensive. However, many dressage riders keep their horses on do-it-yourself yards and they do a lot of the work themselves at the same time as holding down a full-time job and career. Now, as with any sport or leisure pastime, you can spend as little or as much as you want on equipment. For example, a road bike for top-level competitors can cost many thousands of dollars. Similarly, the cost of a Grand Prix dressage horse or a potential Olympic star is beyond the reach of most riders. However, a modestly priced pony or an ex-racehorse that's picked up for a song can still go on to be successful in dressage. So essentially, it's not true to say that dressage is only for the rich. 
many riders, including Great Britain's Olympic medalist Charlotte Dujardin, work their way up from very humble beginnings. So that's the rider covered. Now let's move on to discuss some of the opinions that are banded about regarding the horse's part in the sport of dressage. So the first one is that the horse does all the work. Well, it is true to say that dressage is hard work for the horse, and most riders think of dressage as being the equivalent of ballet for their horse. Now, the horse must be physically strong enough to balance himself whilst carrying the rider's weight. He must also be supple through his back and laterally to perform the exercises that are demanded at the highest levels. Now, the more challenging the exercises and the training, the harder the horse has to work, and that much is true. However, dressage is very much a partnership between the horse and his rider, and without the rider's input, as we've talked about earlier in this podcast, the horse would be unable to perform the work. Now think of it as a Formula 1 race car. Yes, it's the car that's able to reach the speeds of over 200 miles per hour, but that doesn't mean anything without a skillful driver. So it's wrong to say that the horse does all of the work. Now the next rebuttal is that it's unnatural for horses to dance. Now if you watch any horse enjoying time turned out in a field, you will see him dancing sooner or later. None of the movements that are demanded in dressage is in any way unnatural for the horse. Now horses frequently show medium and extended paces, perform flying changes, execute pirouettes, and move sideways without the assistance or interference of a rider. Now as for the PF and passage, every horse does that when he's excited or startled by an unfamiliar sight or sound near his fields, and he also does them during courtship rituals. Now the art of dressage is to teach the horse to perform all of these movements on request and in a balanced way. So when these movements are ridden and trained correctly, They are not unnatural for the horse. Now the next comment that you probably heard is that the horse should get the medal. Well actually, they do get something. Although they might not get the medal, they get a rosette. And technically if you think about it, hanging a heavy metal object around a horse's neck is somewhat dangerous, especially when you begin to ask the horse to trot or canter for the victory lap. Hence the horses are awarded rosettes instead. And in some bigger competitions, horses will also get sashes and they'll also win rugs. And as far as the horse is concerned, he's not really interested in those things. His rider's praise and him getting the answers right to the questions that were asked of him is worth more than any ribbon or pieces of gold, silver or bronze. Now moving on to another common thing that is heard, which is dressage is cruel and abusive. Now, as I've already talked about, you can't physically force a 1,200-pound animal to do something that it doesn't want to do and make the performance appear harmonious. You can't have both. That's simply not going to happen. Now, for the end result of the training to be beautiful, the methods must be sympathetic and unhurried. Now, unfortunately, there have been a number of high-profile incidents where world-class dressage riders were witnessed abusing their horses by using banned techniques such as rolker. And the overuse of spurs and whips is another issue that the sport struggles to eradicate. 
However, if we look at the vast majority of dressage riders at all levels, the majority of them love their horses and do not abuse them in any way. And now the last rebuttal that we're going to cover is that horses are disposed of if they're not good enough. Now, once a top-level dressage horse's career is over, there are a few possible scenarios that apply. Firstly, the horse is downgraded and he could have a new career as a schoolmaster teaching other up-and-coming riders the ropes. The horse could be retired completely and he might live as a companion for a younger horse. Now, if the horse is a stallion or a mare, then stud duties are often an option. And some former dressage horses are retired to become happy hackers. Now, unlike the racing industry, where thousands of horses that don't make the grade face uncertain futures, most dressage horses that don't make top international level go on to be successful at lower levels. And the vast majority of dressage horses are owned by one person, and they're treated as pets first and athletes second. And you'll often find horses that live out their golden years in the same luxury that they had when they were a competitive dressage horse. So to wrap this episode up, dressage is most definitely a sport. The problem is that it's largely misunderstood and the best riders in the world appear to be doing nothing simply because the goal of dressage is to make it look easy. However, this discipline is deceptively demanding in terms of skill, athleticism and fitness on both parties. Now, both horse and rider work together in harmony to perform a series of movements that the horse can already do naturally. Now, you don't need to be rich to do dressage, but what you do need is dedication, understanding and a love of horses. Now, if you have any questions when it comes to this podcast episode, or if you have anything else that you would like to share with us, then please do so in the comments box at the relevant blog post on our website. And to make sure that you don't miss out on any of our other books, free stuff, training diaries and competitions, please don't forget to like and follow us on our other social media platforms. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter and Pinterest. We truly appreciate you for taking the time to listen to our podcast and we hope that you got a lot from it. For more, don't forget to check out our articles and other free stuff which is available on our website howtodressage.com and pop by Amazon for our range of dressage books, planners and diaries to help you stay on track with your competitions and training. Bye for now.